Hello, and I'd like to welcome you to this podcast. I'm Francis Seeley from Enfield Voices and Global Net 21. And this is one of the many podcasts we do where we talk to people, sometimes globally, sometimes nationally, but today locally, someone who's doing something to make a difference in his own locality. We're going to talk to Brian Lewis, who owns and runs a a really fantastic cafe in a North London area called Palmer's Green. And he is also involved in the work he does with other business owners around to try and look at how the high street can be different, how you can regenerate the high street. And we're going to talk to him today about his ideas and what he's doing. So let's go over to him now. And I hope you'll enjoy the podcast. Anyhow... Brian, thanks for joining us. And it's great that you're here and people will see in a minute, I think you're in a sort of spaceship attic, which looks rather nice. Um, now, you're, you're involved, I know, in high street regeneration and it's one of the things that you feel strongly about. But first of all, maybe you could tell us a, a little about yourself and why you have this passion for a, a thriving high street. Um, okay, well, uh, I've... Um had various different guises uh, in business and also um, in, in the corporate field as well. Um, always uh, in what I call high street catering. Um, so I work for companies like Pizza Hut, Pret a Manger, um, Eat, Hummingbird Bakery, but also have had my own uh, businesses on the smaller high streets in Harringay, in Kentish Town, um, Islington, and, and now I'm Palmer's Green. Palm Screen especially um, because I live here. I've lived here like nearly 30 years. Um, and one of the reasons for opening up uh, my time was um, trying to leave that corporate world behind, uh, but stay local. Um, and what I've seen in uh, really the last three years since we've, since we've been open is, is the sort of great demise uh, of, of local high streets, um, retail going, um, and things like multiples of the same type of shop opening up, which uh, sort of um, uh, stops people, I, I think, really wanting to use their local high street. Um, so what we're trying to do is now we are where we are. What will the future hold for the local high street? And if we sort of get an idea of where that future is, how are we going to sort of stay and keep our high streets thriving okay Uh, okay well let's take it step by step um i mean we talk about regeneration and um people are always talking about the word regeneration and it means everything to anyone um i mean what do you mean when you talk about regeneration um uh basically i think it's just um my perspective from also business perspective is is um, surviving in an environment that uh, has turned um, from uh, 360 degrees, really, from being retail, which it ultimately was, to having a high street that's now, um, I suppose, hospitality-based um, and and um, based on you know, um, things like hairdressers and nail bars, 
um, service-based, I suppose, is the other word for it. So um, regenerating where we are now is doing things like keeping the high street looking good, keeping our shops looking good, keeping footfall as high as we can. So it's bringing people back to our high street. But the big question is, how do we continue doing that? Okay, well, we'll come to some of those ideas about the change from retail to service in a minute, and maybe beyond that even. Um, but why do you think the high street, as we used to know it, has gone into decline? What's happened? Um, I suppose, Francis, several factors, <laughs> I suppose. Um, the, main, the main two, I, um, from my perspective, is obviously online. Uh, online uh, easy for as we are sitting here in front of a, a laptop to go online and order what you need and then get it delivered so there's two services started there there's the online part of it then there's a the delivery side of it um and also um retail parks out just out of town sitting out here we've got um the a10 um our retail park on the cambridge road there um it's got some lovely shops out there all multiples uh, where it's easy to get to greater um, greater volume uh, of cars that are able to be parked. So that's um, that's ease, I suppose, ease. Um, the other thing that has affected us uh, on the high street is for, for pure retail, like your butcher, your baker, greengrocer, to stay in a high street, apart from that high footfall, is to have um, uh, a reasonable level of things like business rates, um, rentals, as we all know, are... Uh, 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 at an all-time high, um, without the turnover, it's it's not it's not survivable. So, I mean, people who are in favour of regeneration are not luddites, really, are they? They're not people who say, you know, we don't like sh shoppers making rational choices and having the convenience of online shopping. You say we have to accept that and work within those parameters. Yeah, yeah, we do. We we, we need to be realistic. It's not. And as much as I'd love it to happen, it's not coming back in, in the same way as it was retail to our high streets. Um, and, and I think as, as all of us being stakeholders in this, it's, it's a matter of us getting together, you know, uh, residents, um, landlords, um, the council uh, and the businesses and say, get our heads together and say, how can we continue? How can we improve? And you know something? Um, it's being done. It's not totally impossible. Um, it's a lot of work, but it can happen. It takes us all to get together and do it. I mean, the other factor you face, um, you know, as a small businessman, as a small retailer in Palmer's Green is, like everywhere else, you have to face a big change and the franchises as well. And how big is that a problem? And is that a fact of life as well? Um, yes. Yeah, um, if you think from our perspective, we have a, a, a couple of large uh, multiples uh, not far from us who sell coffees, croissants, um, and um, funnily enough, if I if it was two or three cafes and a couple of multiples, we can all survive and survive happily. What really impacts is when there's a huge amount a growing amount of, of uh, smaller independent businesses doing the same thing. And where a multiple has a brand and a strong brand and people go to that, where the, the, the smaller independents all fight for that, what's, what's sort of left there. Um, and 
and it then is the case of getting uh, your local residents on board to use you. So how am I going to be better than than one of the other small uh, independent businesses? I mean, be because you're in competition with online and with the big uh, players, um, you know, Hannah Dyson is asking, I mean, do you have to, do, I mean, do people expect more of you now? Have you got to up your game? Have you got to do something different? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, I suppose where we are now, gone on the days from my perspective and, 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 um, and the cafe um, culture, which we're trying to grow, um, it's not just good enough to slap a few rashes of bacon, a couple of eggs and a sloppy cup of coffee on the plate anymore. And someone's going to say, thank you very much. No, um, we go, uh, us uh, um, particularly go down the organic route. Uh, we try and use local. We try and then put money that comes in back into the local economy. So it's sort of thinking on a bigger picture scale. Um, how, how do we compete with the multiples? You know, funnily enough, uh, as perhaps Hannah said, we, we keep we try and keep our game as high as possible and we keep reinventing ourselves. We have to. We have improving all the time. Well, you have to reinvent yourself and the high street has to re reinvent itself as well. And, and you're right, aren't you, what you said earlier, we can't go back to 40 years ago. No. Uh, the, the high street's a different place. It's not just a place for shoppers anymore. It's a place for communities as well it's a sort of public square and you've got to really look upon that in its totality don't you yeah we do um uh, like i said before it's it's services based um palm screen itself you can see it's hospitality based uh with the cafes with that social aspect um people use those cafes now with a lot of home-based workers um to sit and work and come so we have to supply uh, or need wi-fi in all our premises um and that's good that's good because it means that, that there is a use there is a need for the high street it's how we um uh it's how we develop that use so you wouldn't get angry at a person like me who would come in for two hours and have one cup of coffee with his laptop uh no that's <laughs> <laughs> whatever ask the question no, listen. That that's again. Um, uh, what again? What we find is, uh, and I suppose some of the other cafes would would um, attest to this, is you have your customer group who will come in because they like you. They like your cafe. They like the owner. They like the ambiance, and they'll sit and come. Uh, and I and do you know, funnily enough, unless it is a chain, we don't tend to get that. We tend to get people who come in. They'll sit for a couple of hours. And we know they're going to do work, but they'll come in and have a coffee. They'll have a breakfast. They may have um, a little light lunch. So they'll do all those things. And we're developing that. We're developing that culture. And we're, you know, uh, we're uh, saying, yeah, yeah, we're happy to go with that. So, person, but, you know. Yeah. So how do you see the high street developing? I mean, will it be a combination of shops, advice centers, meeting places, cafes? And even open-air entertainment and gatherings, I mean, that would transform the high street if you had all of that together, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that I suppose, is, is the ultimate. If you look at some of um, other high streets uh, that are starting to develop that and actually continuing, Blackheath is, uh, is one which is um, phenomenal in its development and what it does there. Um, pop-up shops, pop-up restaurant, open-air, um, that, that, that market, weekly market, 
Um, we're then going down to places like uh, Middleton Road, um, Lucy Whitehead and what she's done there with the market and the open air environment that comes with that, but also the cafes that lend themselves um, uh, to promotions. Um, we do, in, in my time, pop-up um, shops, pop-up restaurants. So we take our space and use our space as well, not just for us, but for others to try and get uh, um, our local residents more interested in the high street. Tell us a bit more about a pop-up idea. Some people may not know what that means. What do you mean by that? Okay, uh, from our perspective, what it is, is, is we have a space. Um, say the space is not continually used and we don't get continual turnover. And we're, you know, we're not always lucky enough to have that. Um, what I thought about was um, taking that space, wherever it may be in the restaurant, and using it. So um, we have had in the past couple of weeks, um, Turkish uh, pop-up restaurant, a African vegan pop-up restaurant. Um, we're doing it, we've got a Caribbean one coming up soon. Um, and we have our space, which we um, rent out at a very, we think, a very reasonable rate to small uh, home-based um, craft entrepreneurs. And they'll come and they'll use the space. Um, this Saturday, we've got little pop-up um, retail unit, a jeweller, um, B. Georgie Maria is coming in. She's going to use the space at the front of the, of the um, cafe to sell her jewellery she only works from home she hasn't got that high street frontage so we can share we can share we've got it we've got it to use and this is this thing about developing how high streets move forward in the future what about the idea of the pop-up shop like the furniture shop up near, near Oldman's Hill where people come in for a short period of time go away and someone else comes in is and is that something that you look at favorably or does that cause sort of um, I, I think, um, it, listen, listen, it's good. It means that there's, in that, there's a space that would stay dead. We'll put a decal on it and it may stay there forever if we want it to look nice. But this way it's getting used. Now, uh, the only thing we would say is sort of um, what goes in there would be, um, need to be considered perhaps um, to keep that sort of uh, higher level of, uh, of shopping and availability to, to the customers in the area. The other thing with those big spaces, when we're talking about pop-up, if, if, and this is going back to landlords, if they would work with the local, um, other local business and residents, um, we could use those for things like little pop-up indoor markets. The, the, what used to be the Starbucks site, for example, massive, sitting there doing nothing. When that furniture shop goes, that's something for, for, for us to talk to landlords about. Well, yeah, well, Sarah Dodgson's raised that point. I mean, can a shop have more than one entrepreneur in it? You know, can you have two people running it? I mean, I've often thought, for example, a big place like uh, the places at Oldman's Hill or Store 21, which is so big, it'd be wonderful if it was a massive food restaurant with little, you know, entrepreneurs selling Caribbean food and Italian food and Libyan food and people could go in and there was a cafe maybe maybe not a cafe because it could yeah. be you but you know if, if you had lots of people sharing like that you could transform the place couldn't you and you really need to get the council on your side for that and you need some help we do we do um this is going back to something which was going to bring up here uh, with the council um being able to look at um for example um <clears throat> bigger picture I suppose it's in the end is uh, planning rules and, and, and how to um, uh, make it easier to go from what's called A1 retail to A3 um, catering or hot food, uh, uh, hot food service. Um, 
And you know that idea, there used to be something, I think it may be around called uh, Instore, where they went in and, and, and um, a company goes in and they take big retail spaces and they split them into smaller units. That, on a food basis, would be amazing to have all those little different um, ethnic food varieties. And Palmer's Green caters for so much, for so much. But again, um, council lending their, their, their hand there to um, uh, have a look in the change of the, uh, the planning rules. And, and the landlords who have those big units thinking, actually, yeah, you know, I can get my unit uh, rented um, and we could get it used. We could get it filled. We could get people coming to our high street uh, on a more frequent basis then. And, yeah. and, and I'll tell you, what a, what, a, what a buzz, what a culture that will then create and continue creating. Yeah, absolutely. So it means working with the council, getting them to change the planning rules, allow multi-use of a single unit from different people, and it could be really exciting. Carol Stanley says, I'm not sure what she means, because I'm not sure what this concept is, but she said a few years ago, um, a group of people started uh, cash mobbing small businesses, all yeah. waving a tenor. I don't know what that means, but maybe you do, and you could sort of, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely, I think Love Your Doorstep made a, had something to do with it. So basically, um, what happens is you, you pick a, um, an area, you pick um, a couple of stores, and you say, um, right, you've got a tenor. Everyone takes a tenor in their hand. You just hit that area. And you'll spend that tenner in um, small independent um, businesses. Um, so what they get is, is, is like um, a little influx uh, of cash. But also what they also people perhaps wouldn't come out and use those, um, those uh, little independent stores uh, as often and frequently. Uh, and it's good to go to ones you've never used before. Yeah, the other thing I quite liked, it's just started, I mean, a lot of charity shops, and that's good because people really use them now, but, you know, the Citizens Advice Bureau one really excited me in a way because it's not only just a, a charity shop in the back, it's got a room for people to go to have an advice and to have a place right on the high street where people can go by appointment and get advice. Is that something you value as well? Um, uh, well, I, I suppose we need um, advice bureaus. We've we've got um, we need areas because they're, they're closing down there. I know they're closing down um, in droves. So um, we need places where people can go as part of the social aspect of the high street to get advice. Um, you know what I like about how they've done that that particular charity shop, and I think this is going all more charity shops where they're more retail focused. Is they've gone for the um, retro aspect with the clothes. Um, and they're displayed nicely and people come in and I suppose they can take them into, into uh, changing rooms and get uh, changed. So they've thought not just about raising funds for the charity, but how the retail aspect of it um, is impacting our high street. And, that, and you know, if you take out the, the charity uh, moniker on the top of the um, shop, it looks like a, sh a clothes shop. It does, but I quite like the advice bit as well because you yes, know, people are going through so many problems now and having it right there, right in the town centre, great. Going back to your multiple use um, uh, um, uh, example. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Right, absolutely. The multiple use, I know. Okay, so let, let's tell, tell me a bit about what you've done. I mean, you've been active, haven't you, in the um, Green Lanes Business Association? Yeah. Doing lots of things, like, for example, raising money for Christmas lights, which was very successful. Do you want to tell us about all of that? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so last last couple of years, as we know, we, um, councils are cash cash strapped. Um, we haven't had the best of lights, and we haven't had any. I don't think for the last couple of years. So what uh, the Green Lanes Business Association, um, the chairman, vice chairman, um, and the committees that said was look, we can't go another year of doing this. What can we do? Um, we sat down, we had the council uh, come into one of our meetings and the suggestion was, listen, uh, we, can, we can raise funds, we can't raise all the funds um, and it's not fair to go to, to, to residents and, and try and collect all this money. Um, so what we did was we went around our businesses, our local businesses, um, and the council, um, to be fair to them, said, listen, if you can raise a certain amount, we'll match it. I think we raised in the region of six, seven thousand pounds, and they matched up to five. The lights cost approximately ten thousand. They're, they're up there at the moment. There are a few more to go up, so I understand. Um, <clears throat> so what we've done is made it all a bit brighter. Um, we then got on board uh, some a fantastic group of residents. Um, there's Claude White, Dana Burstow. Um, uh, Carl Brown's on board as well, helping us out, um, and uh, Natasha Morris and a few others. Um, and, and they then corralled a few other mums and, um, and dads um, to go around. Um, and and I, I suppose so, uh, get, get all the stores on board. And what we then followed up and did was do did a Christmas lights in the windows for all the stores. Um, and again, those mums went around and they got people involved. Um, and then we got um, the deputy mayor and uh, Bamba's Charan Ambers came up to, to turn the lights on uh, at, um, at the triangle. Um, so it all sort of fell together. Uh, and um, a few weeks ago, we turned the lights on a bit earlier. I know people are saying, oh, Christmas sounds early in Palmer's Green, but for this year it did. Uh, and we had the most amount of people ever come to one of these turning the Christmas lights on. We had a choir there. Uh, from Walker School. Thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. Um, I had Hayes Willock come down as well. Uh, and everyone got involved. And you know, the community, the sense of community that that uh, lent was, um, you know, couldn't pay for it. It was fantastic. Yeah, and you had even music in your in your cafe at that time, I remember, which was yeah. great. Uh, but you're sort of using this as a model, aren't you, and trying to branch out and trying to involve in what you do, not just local businessmen, but like you did with the Christmas tree lights thing, other stakeholders, schools yeah. and families and the council and so on. Yeah. So how are you going about doing that? So what we're doing there is, is that, uh, for example, we've, we've got some money left over. Um, so we're trying to get together like an, an events calendar. Um, and um, Claude White's been um, very much part of this and, and Dana, uh, in getting uh, volunteers together. Because what we want to do with what we've got left over is go back now, we go back to the regeneration thing, is how do we improve our high street? How does it look nicer? How does it look better? So we're thinking of getting... Um, Plant, hanging plants, and Costa Georgia, who's uh, currently heading up the um, Green Lanes Business, Business Association, has got um, got and got prices, and hopefully we're getting made brackets to put up on all all the shops, all the shops who want them. Uh, we will then put hanging um, plant baskets up on there, and then hopefully what the volunteers will then do is get together, and they will keep those baskets watered, keep them nice and tidy, and this is made up of. Um, uh, pension groups, uh, mums, local 
gardeners or lo local green finger people like getting involved as well um, and on the events calendars what we tend to do is want to spread that so last year for example we have things like the Easter Easter egg hunt you want to add in a summer festival um, last year's um, uh, Palmer's Green Festival was really successful uh, one of the best I think they had so hopefully go back work with Philip um, and Carl for the next festival what we did then was did a, a sort of a, a pre-festival where we did again go back and did our pop-up shops uh, along the high street so if we can extend that for next year get more of the smaller home-based craft businesses involved with that as well everything starts to sort of um, expand and extend yeah, well, you, we've had comments coming up saying, you know, um, that the turning on the lights was fantastic and they really enjoyed it. And Carol was saying that um, uh, Karen was, was really great and she's Enfield's boss. I, re I misread it first. I thought she said Karen was Enfield's boss, but she said <laughs> Karen is Enfield's boss. Um, but I mean, how are you sort of working with the council? I mean, a lot, I mean, a lot of what you do depends on volunteers, depends on business people, depends on community groups. And that's more important than anything else. If you could get them on board, you've got the momentum going. But how are you working with the council and are you getting them to do the things that you would like them to do? Um, yeah, but I mean, the first part of this, I think, was, was um, going to the council and saying, listen, uh, we need to work together to try and raise some funds. So that, that, that's, that's, that started a dialogue. Um, uh, and hopefully this will just grow. We've got sort of, you know, like we, we need to, the council to take on board this uh, change of use um, in the planning um, procedures. Um, so um, we're talking with them now as, as a committee. Um, further on, we do need more engagement with the council. We need to sit on a more of a one-to-one -one basis, uh, speak with the um, um, person heading up regeneration. Um, uh, and, I, and I know things are chopping and changing there, but eventually, once it settles, um, we need to, to, to sit on a more regular basis and say, these are our plans. So the big plan is, is, is a market on the high street once a month. How fantastic would that be? But we need the council fully on board with that. Middleton Road have done that so well. Um, Haringey, uh, Blackheath as well, and a few others. Um, but the council need to... To, to, to understand that if we, well, they do understand. We, we need to engage with them, we need to engage on a, on a frequent basis, um, and we need to move things forward. We have a high street and high streets that if we carry on um, in the same vein, we'll, we'll just stop and they'll stop dead, and we cannot afford that to happen. Yeah, well, maybe you, we can get the council to work really collaboratively on this. And I hope councillors will listen to this and, and hear what you're saying. And maybe the examples you've given in Blackheath and Middleton Road could be case, good case studies of how to work together that you can demonstrate to them does work. Um, okay, so we're getting close to the end of the interview now. How would you like to see or how do you see the future of the high street, say, in 10 years time from now? Um, too far to look forward, I think, the way things are <laughs> um, What we'd like to, to, to see is that we have hubs. Um, it is a social hub. It's going to be a social hub. It's going to grow. Um, and within that growth of the high street is, is like you said, we're stakeholders in there. They're all involved. Um, and we have centres where you can go and come and sit and chat where you can sit and have a cup of coffee we you know we we can walk up and down our high road 
and think actually it's really nice um, and it's consistently nice because our landlords are, are involved um, and us as residents involved in keeping our high streets clean and us as business people involved uh, in keeping our shops and our fascias clean and sticky labels are taken off and, and small things like this which will grow and ensure people keep coming back to the high street. Ten years time, I think in the environment is now is too far to look. But if we look in two, three, four, five years time, um, we want a lovely place to, to, for, for people to come along and sit and chill and walk and up, up and down and come and shop um, and come have the kids ride up and down those lovely cycle lanes that sit in there. Um, so pure involvement, I think. That's, that's, the, that's the high street for us. Okay, well, we're getting a lot of comments. People like uh, Carol Stanley says she's on the EIB committee, so talk to her. She'd love to talk to you. Lovely. Hannah Dyson talking about car-free zones. We won't go down that avenue at the moment because that could be a problematic, but we will talk about that sometime because it is a very real issue. And lots of city centres are now going for car-free um, areas, but we, we, we'll leave that for now. Let, let me ask you a final question then. If people want to get involved and help you and, and get involved in any campaign or get involved in any volunteer, volunteering, where do they go? Who do they contact? Okay, so um, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy for anyone to contact us um, at my time. Pop in, give us some um, uh, your details and information. Uh, we have, um, look, we're revamping the Green Lanes uh, Business Association website. Uh, it's long needed and it's going to be something, um, a platform for people to see what's going on in Palmer's Green. But there's um, a Facebook page. Uh, it's called Love Palmer's Green. And you can get on there and you can, um, uh, you can put um, uh, any information you want, any advice you want to give us, anything you want us to look at, we will do. Uh, I suppose that's the initial thing. Then we can pass on um, to, uh, to others who are involved. So um, on our business association, I'd like to just like to say, uh, it's not just the businesses. We have got people like Dana Burstow and Claude White, um, and Natasha's been along as well, um, who come and sit on that committee, and they are involved. Um, and also we've got involvement um, with um, home businesses as well, who don't have a, a high street face. So there's all different avenues for, for you to come along and, and uh, get involved. Okay, well, thank you very much for doing that, um, Brian. I think people will, find, will have found that very interesting. It would have inspired them uh, uh, to think differently, to come up with new ideas, and hopefully in those two or three years' two, two or three years time from now, we'll see a different high street and a, a new recreated vibrant high street. So thanks very much uh, for doing that. And um, we'll finish that now and uh, end this interview. So thank you, Brian. Thank you, Francis. Much appreciated. Mm -hmm.